Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And today we're going to talk about interfacings. And and how we don't would, use them. <laughs> I would just like to bring this up. Interfacings are boring. I want to sew with sparkles and beads and jewels and shiny stuff. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, anyway. It, but if you don't have that interfacing, your sparkle and your beads and your shiny stuff aren't going to look right. Maybe, or you could use something else. It's just like, it's like the foundation on anything, you know. Like usually your your foundation to your house, your you basement walls aren't that great, but Mom, the sparkly stuff comes later. You don't have to justify this episode to people because so many people have requested it. Okay, okay. so people are excited about it. what I'm saying is interfacing <laughs> is boring. All right. Well, first off, do I'm going to do a little disclaimer here. Zidi and I actually do not use interfacing commercial interfacing commercial interfacing a lot we like do interface an interfacing product we're interfacing we're going, as we speak i'm looking yes. at you you're looking at me <laughs> we're going to tell you about interfacing though and we're going to tell you what we do so i'm not the it's not like end of episode we don't use interfacing haha ha, we won't explain ourselves but we realize things need to be interfaced <laughs> okay so yes we realize things need to be interfaced so interfacing is what, like in the history of sewing, since we've been sewing since before, um, before time. Yes, Zeding before time. Sewing, I was sewing when needles were made out of stone. No, when I when, when they I were made out of bird bone. bird bone. <laughs> when I meant we, I did mean like the human race. If people have listened to the podcast for a while, or I don't know where I mentioned this, but there is a podcast called "The History of the English Language." Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, Proto-Indo-European language has a word for sewing, okay? Yes. Uh, It doesn't have a word for some other things that are common in many of our lives now, you know, that you'd be surprised maybe uh, that it didn't have a word for, but sewing was in there, you know, so I thought that was Well, and, you know, initially sewing was like you did take the bone or the rock and you pierced the animal skin and then you had, you took like its guts and that was your thread, and you threaded pieces of the animal skin together to fit around your body or and whatever. And there was no interfacing. There was no interfacing. <laughs> all right. So these interfacing products, though, that we're talking about, that people have all these questions about, 
they are that. They are products that have been invented in what I don't know when the first interfacing came out, but like Boy, I don't either, but you know, century. okay. So I've been know. well, I've been sewing let's <clears throat> say since 1965. Okay. Okay, like really with the sewing machine and everything. And they were around then. Like okay. like the papery products, the non-woven yeah. Pelon type, Pelon's a trade name, but those types that they were around. Okay, so these are products that are not fabric, and what what and are actually, they? Actually, they are. I think most of them are paper. No, but like, why why are we why are we using them? Why are do interfacings because exist? we wanted stiffness? Well, well, yeah. you, you use an interfacing to give yourself some sort of support yeah. some sort of foundation Great. for some place in the garment whether it be you know in a, a pad for a shoulder or a collar or a placket that buttons go on or uh-huh. um I, can you think of something else uh, uh collars really for collars reason, really stand really, out uh, right cuffs I, I think of those things. I, I think of shoulder pad type things okay. you know um yeah, lapels, Most, things of that. Waistbands get interfaced. Any sort of band, uh-huh. I guess, or placket tends to get interfaced so that there's a, you know, what, I, I guess stiffness is Oomph. the word I want. Yeah. Oomph. Well, and you know, it's kind of funny because we've also gotten away from a lot of that in our garments. Yeah, this is. You know, things are less structured Okay, looking. so this is why I think this right. has sort of become a bit of a mystery. Yeah. Okay. I, I you know, very few things that you buy ready to wear, if you took them apart, you wouldn't even find, you would not find an interface. And we're wearing a lot of knits nowadays. So, well, right. And an interfacing is something that generally stays in the garment forever. Yes. Or it should. Well, as far as I know, it does. You would never take an interfacing out for any particular reason. I just meant that it reason. would fall apart. And well, it the, does. Ha-ha. They will rot. Yes. Okay. Yes. So since these interfacings. But you know, we don't even keep clothes long enough to rot anymore. There you go. Uh, so these interfacings are supposed to add oomph to your fabric. And right. there are lots of different weights and drapes, uh, stiffnesses. There's even different colors. Colors. And interfacings that either are fusible so they have right. a heat activated they call them glue. sew in or fusible. fusible so non-fusible and fusible or sew in uh-huh. and fusible, fusible. okay mm-hmm. so where you wouldn't have that so what's really wonderful i think what can be attractive about a fusible interfacing is that you know you can apply it to your fabric and it stays there right while you're constructing your garment. It basically becomes one piece then. Yes. And you're not fooling with it, keeping it together or the different you types have fused of, it to the one piece. Yeah. And, the, and then beyond that, the different types of interfacings might have a different feel. Uh, there are... Weight. Different... Um, there's knit interfacings yes. that are softer. They mm-hmm. can actually feel a bit yes. like knit. Yes. They're like a trico. Right. Okay. Um, interfacing. But don't let this t- t- term interfacing really like intimidate you okay like you go up and you feel it and you can be like good for my garment not good for my garment of course if you're ordering online this is more complicated but it's not like you go up to a bolt of interfacing and it's going to change into something else overnight or something like that i think people are really what do you mean by that statement i think that people are very confused when they just go to the interfacing aisle they get intimidated Mm -hmm. and overwhelmed you can go up and touch it 
It's like picking oh, out okay. fabric. Yes, okay. It is. It's yes. like picking out it's they are they are, you know, products to be used with your fabric. It's not, it may not be as strange as you think. Yes. I really think that some people are like Well, yeah, and there's whoa, other things you know. that are interfacing, i.e. stiffening, like horsehair products, things like that. So, you know, those would sort of have to be in that category. But those would be for hymns, right? Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know. So we oh lapels, which is also kind of a collar. I said lapels earlier. Oh, you did. Yeah, that, okay. that, that, Thank that always you. comes up. For I me. didn't know you did. So in our practice, our sewing practice, mm-hmm. people like to say the word practice nowadays. Because um, <laughs> we're practicing it's, it's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so in our practice of sewing, we don't use a lot of these interfacings. Correct. Now I, we may we make button up shirts. Mm-hmm. We make skirts with waistbands. I make jeans. You're wearing one. I'm wearing a collared shirt dress right now. Right, with, with a very, placket down the very front. Very long placket. Button up placket down the front. It's very long. Uh, Do you have anything in the shoulders of that? I don't. Okay. I could have. They yeah, said, I just wondered. They said you could yeah. have. Yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, we also make, oh, I had something else in my, oh, blazers with lapels. Lapels. Okay, so we mm-hmm. do make these things, and we don't use interfacing right. personally. So we... Well, wait a minute. You say you don't use interfacing. You mean you're putting nothing in there? I don't use an interfacing product. Right. Okay. But you do use an interfacing. You just don't use a product that is commercially labor- labeled interfacing. Okay. Let's be clear here. Let's not confuse that's, them. That's Something great. does go in there to beef it up. Yeah. So earlier I asked mom, why are we using these products? Right. We're beefing things up. We're helping things like collars and lapels hold their shape. Keep a shape. Uh-huh. Uh, support the repeated use of buttons and buttonholes mm-hmm. snaps right things like that that's what we're doing interfacing products should not have the monopoly on this job okay and they don't in our house and they don't in our house in our studio <laughs> in our studio uh so i just want to say we know what interfacings are supposed to do and i think after this message break Let's talk about some specific situations where interfacing might be suggested, and let's talk about what we, an interfacing product. What we would product, do personally. Yeah, yeah, excuse me. An interfacing product might be suggested, and yet what we would do personally. Okay. Okay. Mallory, tell me all about your dream come true wardrobe planner. I have been dreaming about creating a wardrobe planner for years. Oh, no. Since you were like... Ate and started drawing with crayons. <laughs> yes, I love uh, I love to sew and I love to write with paper products and and pens and everything. And we have published a wardrobe planner. We have a couple of different options on our website. There is a universal wardrobe planner that you can purchase for $19.99 and print over and over again. It'll help you plan any project you wish. And then we also have themed wardrobe planners. And do you know what's special about those, Mom? What's special? Um, They include some hand-drawn illustrations by yours truly for whatever we're doing in the self-sewn wardrobe group that month, like PJs or underwear or our month of planning. Because we theme our months. Yes. So you can tackle a new wardrobe section each month in order to build your perfect self-sewn wardrobe so for more information about these you can go to sewhere.com slash planner and also check out the membership options because the universal wardrobe planner is included with the backstitch 
and straight stitch and zigzag memberships. So go to sewhere.com slash planner. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. So let's start out with the simplest or most straightforward uh, situation. I'm going to make a woven collared button-up shirt. <gasps> you have cuffs, you have a button placket, and you have a collar and that this, I think might need some beefing up. This fabric has no stretch in it. Okay, just so to clarify, it would be a woven. Yep, just a woven, just a plain woven fabric. Uh, and even if it's like I'm wearing lightweight denim here. Uh-huh. Uh, That's pretty lightweight, too. It's, it's very thin. Um, but even if I was going to make this out of a thicker fabric, mm-hmm. I would still want to beef up the right. collar, the cuffs, and the button placket, like you just said. What have you taught me to use? Well, we're big on cotton organdy. Cotton organdy. That would probably always be my first. It is. It's my first go-to. Characteristics of cotton organdy, please, Mom. It's pre-shrunk. Got it. It's stiff. It actually comes in more than one stiffness. We usually buy it in the medium. We we have it in the medium. Uh, that's all you need. Yeah. Because if you need less than that, then you probably don't need anything. <laughs> and if you need more than that, you use two layers. Right. Okay. Oh. Okay. So it's rather thin, you know, in, yes. in terms of fabric. Well, right? I like the idea that you can see through it. Yeah. Yeah. You can read through mm-hmm, it almost. Mm-hmm, Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't, can you read through it? I think, think. Well, I can. You can see the grid of you the can, cutting yeah, mat you can, through it. You can see the cutting it's mat. It's great grid. to cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to cut. And, it's, and it has a stiffener in it. Yes. Which, when you wash the, pro, the garment, that stiffener, of course, gets soft soft again but it, as soon as you iron it it will it will come back to its yes um stiffness so we would use cotton organ here whereas on my pattern on the pattern i used to make this shirt dress mm-hmm. it told me to use a fusible in it said fusible okay i think so well and here most things are going to say fusible i think because i believe that most pattern makers think that a fusible will be more successful for people. Yeah, I think, I think that it's, it's easier, easier to handle. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can make my cotton organ defusible if you'd like me to. How can you make your cotton organ defusible? So I would use an embroidery tacky spray, mm-hmm. right? That is, it's not permanent. Right. It, it's especially not permanent once I wash my garment. There's all kinds of products like and that. And I'm going to name two, okay? Because okay. I think this is important. Yeah. We like... MSA 1000, this is a Madeira product, Mm -hmm. 
and we like sulky KK two thousand. Mm-hmm. I pretty sure those are the letters. Yeah, those are the right numbers. numbers. Yeah. Well, sulky's sulky's good and Madeira's good. Okay, these and are. And they will say yeah. They will say that they are not permanent. They yeah. will say see, and you don't need permanent because you're going to sew this in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sewn in eventually. It's going to be caught in the uh, seams, the seam line. So. You don't need permanent. You don't want permanent. You would like that glue to go away. Absolutely. Okay. So um, I'm going to want my cotton organdy on my collars and my cuffs and my button placket. How should I make sure that they're the same shape as my pattern pieces? You cut your pattern pieces out at the same time. So I'm going to lay down my collar. And I probably need two sides, right? Yeah. So I've got right sides to right sides on my collar. Um, hopefully my under collar's on the bias. Um, yes. That's another, that's another podcast. <laughs> Different episode. It's in, a, it's in an episode somewhere. And then I have my cotton organdy somewhere in that layering because I'm cutting it all at the same time. And, of course, I use a rotary cutter. And I will tell you. What will you tell I me? I watched a couple of, um, what was I waiting for? I was in some office, doctor's office. When I'm on the doctor's office, I like, um, what do I do? I stalk other sewers. Yeah. And their their um, YouTube videos. CD's judging you. Yes. <laughs> and I was so happy that I stalked like three different people, okay, who said, rotary cutter when Woo-hoo! cutting out a garment. Woo-hoo! That you don't get little snags. You don't, you know, it's the best. Somebody said it's the best way to cut knits. Yeah. You know, because you're not lifting anything up and down and all. Oh. I mean, so anyway. So we, were you just like, amen? Yeah. You I know, was like, I it's time you, to catch up. I have to tell you, that's not where I thought the story was going. Well, <laughs> and I have to tell you, people, I hear people say rotary cutting revolutionized the um, quilting industry. Yeah. <laughs> well, personally, I think. 1976 revolutionized the quilting. Uh, the bicentennial. But, yes, yeah. the bicentennial. But my first rotary cutter was purchased from a store to do garments. Yes. And it was one of those 18 inches. The, the 18 low, millimeters. 18 millimeters. I'm sorry. I said inches. <laughs> oh, my inches. God. Well, I didn't mean to say inches. 18 inches. Yeah, I was holding up my hand, you know. It's the size of a quarter okay, or a half Okay, I don't want to get too far off of right. this, okay? But what I'm saying is that's what they're there for, and they work. So okay. this is how I'm cutting out my interfacing. Okay. Your what? My interfacing. Oh, there we are. Which is, <laughs> which is not a commercial interfacing. It is my cotton organdy. Yes. Yeah, so I'm using cotton organdy as an interfacing this allow, this gives me oomph, okay? It gives me the stiffness. Also, this is where we're avoiding the pitfalls of, you know, interfacing products. Right. They can be non-woven. They can be fusible. You fuse them. You sew them. You launder. You wear and care for your garment. And these products can disintegrate. Within, they, they will pull away. They'll pull away. They will disintegrate. The glue will the glue. be reactivated it can reactivate and give you scrunchies or wrinkles or, or crackles okay so it'll reactivate right it'll come away from your fabric because, okay so the Listen, heat yeah hold, because no, of heat I, yeah, yeah. I got, let me let, let her let i her. got there first mom i got let to this uh, this feel is what, free this is what mom wants to say to you i'm laying back <laughs> this is what mom wants to say I'm to you i'm gonna lay back and listen <laughs> you can do that too <laughs> 
<laughs> Mom wants to say that the glue is activated by heat. That's what fused it to your fabric in the first place. That is what will release it. This can be useful information if you're ever fusing something and you want to replace it. Rewarming right. it right. should help you move It'll it. It'll help you take it off. Right. Uh, take it off, move it, whatever. And so anyway, the glue can be reactive, uh, reactivated. Come away from your fabric. Remain tacky and then restick in the wrong place. That's right. Or can bubble or can whatever. Stick to itself. Oh, that's all. You're dead. You're dead if it's stuck to itself. <laughs> it's over. It's all over. Oh you got lumps. It's the skull emoji. Okay. It's dead. <laughs> dead. Dead. Um, Heather Lou mentioned that she like made one of her, she's got a collared shirt, the Cali shirt, and she was like, I used a funeral interfacing in this collar unhappy. and I'm very unhappy because yeah. it. You know, I worked real hard on this shirt, and then yeah. it got all screwed up. Right. So, yeah. Uh, that's what I'm avoiding with the cotton organdy. Now, I washed this button-up uh, collared shirt dress that I'm wearing, and then I do have to press it, okay, before I wear it. If <laughs> yeah. it wants to people, look – if I want it to look nice. People tend to ask that question, and you will be pressing it <laughs> no matter what kind of interfacing you use. Yes. But what I'm telling you is the cotton organdy will press up nice. Oh, it presses up real nice. That's right. Um, actually, I'm and not... actually, sometimes you can, you can get by with just doing your collar and your uh, placket. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, I must say I did not press this today before I wore it. It actually looks fine. Well, what I did was I washed it, and I got it out and hung it up. I didn't put My it in trick. the dryer. Right. And I or I of... put it in the dryer for a few seconds, and then I really kind of – flatten it out and everything and put it on a hanger. I like finger pressed my yes. collar when yes. I put it on the hanger. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so then it set that way. It didn't get yeah. wrinkled up in Absolutely. the dryer as it was drying. Yeah. So there's my woven garment. It's getting the cotton organdy interfacing treatment. Right. I have not, you know, purchased any other interfacing. Okay. Right. To, to use in this. Like literally all I use is cotton organdy. So before we move on to a different fabric structure, fiber content, etc. I just want to say that if you're using like a sheer woven, you can use an organza, either mm-hmm. a polyester or a silk organza. You can actually l- use a tool. A tool. Mm-hmm. If you are think of sheer fabrics. If you're doing a woven garment and you have just absolutely nothing else in the house, you might be able to use just another layer of, that, of your woven of that same fabric or. Or some quil- other quilting stiff- cotton is great. Quilting. Okay. Uh, I have no. You know. I think it's really funny because I used to always line my pockets with some crazy fabric I had, you know, yeah. and it, it wasn't always cotton, but I would make my, I would make my lining a lot of times, like I'd make a pair of slacks is what we called them in those days or trousers. Um, and I would put, in, you know, a, um, maybe a satin lining and my pockets would be satin or something and right. it would feel really good and and now everybody's putting their the quilting cottons yeah and they're and I never that's another thing I never really used was lining fabric okay so the yes so you can use a quilting cotton or something else the cotton right. organdy does have that special stiffening yes. you know to it which is great all right let's move on to a stretch woven fabric Mm -hmm. okay let's talk about the morris blazer or a pair of jeans okay okay uh when i make the ginger jeans Mm -hmm. the fly area was you know supposed to be interfaced Uh i cut out the shape of the interfacing Mm -hmm. and i put it on the fly 
and continued on. And you used cotton organdy. Actually, I think I what? used a quilting cotton. You used a quilting cotton. Okay. I don't what think did I you had use in your waistband? Did you use anything? You know, I didn't because I made the high-waisted. Uh-huh. And she mentions this. She says, you can or you don't have to, but it's kind of nice and softer Well, if you don't. And, and, and this is what I was yeah, going to bring up. Say. So... You get that stretch denim, uh-huh. and you don't want to lose that. Yeah, no, it's not a big stretch, but especially <laughs> around your waist with jeans, they can be some stiff. It's awful ass nice. stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> where you want to put, you can you can just put interfacing where the button is. Yeah, and where you know you can just take two inches on each side of your. Um, waistband and do the interfacing there just at the ends okay so that's like so smart um so you could just place fabric there we're just placing the fabric the quilting cotton or the cotton organdy Mm -hmm. on top of that uh morris blazer this is this is very important okay this is where we're going to get into the knits and stuff and you're really going to have to apply your thinking you're going to put on your thinking caps okay the Morris blazer is meant to be made of a stretch woven, or people make it out of like a ponty knit right. or something like that. And you are supposed to interface the lapel, mm-hmm. and that pattern piece sort of uh, connects around the hem. Okay. Yes. You know, it all uh-huh. comes around, right? If people are visualizing. And the cuffs. Did I uh-huh. say cuffs? Sorry if I already did. I don't think you did. Okay. I cut out my lapel and my hem facings. Out of my stretchy woven or my ponty or whatever, I just cut it out with some quilting cotton because I didn't have cotton organdy. I could have used cotton organdy. Right. Okay. Um, so I just cut those out at the same time and used them. This part of the garment didn't need to stretch. Okay. Right. The lapel did not need to stretch. The cuffs do not need to stretch. As well as. The hem. As, as a um, collar. Yes. On any knit garment. Yes. It usually does not need to stretch. So you need to think, oh, this is my knit garment. It is supposed to be interfaced somewhere. Is that somewhere supposed to stretch? If no, you may use cotton organdy or any woven almost. Well, here's the thing. What they will sell you to to, um, interface your knit garment with is a trico, a fusible trico. Yeah. And it stabilizes your garment. Yes. It does not stretch. Once you get the glue on the garment, it doesn't stretch. See, that's the, it yes. may you may, you may think it stretches a little bit more than the cotton. And it probably does. But once you fuse, you have limited your stretch. And a garment maker won't tell you to generally interface something that, you know, needs to stretch. No, okay? no, you so, don't. You don't do that. So, <laughs> if, if you uh-uh. need to line uh-huh. like a t-shirt, say, yes. say, say it's really thin. Yes. Then you use two layers of fabric. Right. Okay. The same type of fabric. It might not be the exact same fabric, but you know, I, for instance, I'm in the middle of making a costume, right? And we decided that the red sparkly fabric might just be a little bit thin when it's stretched, right? right? That you might see a little bit see-through. So I have a flesh-ish color. Yeah. I don't know who would have this color flesh, but... <laughs> it's some kind of... It's a brownish something. Brown, beige, opaque fabric. Yes. <laughs> it, you know, but it's it, it's a spandex. And it's kind of gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a funny color, kind of like maybe if someone died, that would be yeah, it would be like color. a dead person. Yeah, but <laughs> but it works very well on a lot of skin tones as you know 
um, that that oh. piece between the skin and the fabric. It a, doesn't change the color. It's a light blocker. Right. It yeah. doesn't tend to change the color. So it it basically acts the same. I put them together, yeah. you know, and stretched them together to see what it was like. So I will now use that as a lining. Okay. And then we were coming up against someone, not against, but coming up on a, on a situation uh, in the group that someone had shared and they were supposed to interface i believe part of a v-neck of a of a top right it's knit right okay, it's a it's a stretchy garment i believe it was right where the v right where the v, v is. is just just mm-hmm. at the v you know put interfacing right. there i don't have any blah 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 mm-hmm. and we said that we would cotton organdy cut, well or just or, use another piece of the knit or, or too. another piece or anything anything almost <laughs> anything that you as long as it wasn't too heavy it's, and interfered with what you were doing it's just supposed to keep the fabric stable as right. you sew that v right so that it stays a v that's right i mean it it really i don't want to say interfacing is completely unnecessary but well not in real constructed garments or you know we used, you know, when I grew up sewing, I made wool dresses. I can think of this red and gray and white plaid wool dress I made. Uh-huh. Okay? And it buttoned all the way down the front. It was kind of like a coat dress. And it yep. had a big, huge white collar on it. With God knows what that fabric was I made that collar out of because it wasn't wool. Yeah. I don't know what it was i don't remember i i believe it was some sort of woven maybe it was a polyester i don't know and i had white cuffs yes okay which had buttons and these were big buttons okay so quarter size or bigger or Mm -hmm. half dollar size ish whatever and i interfaced all the way down the front of that Mm -hmm. i interfaced that collar because it was a big what i would call like a platter collar yeah Okay, and I interface those sleeves, Which, or the, not the sleeves, the cuffs. The, the cuffs. So I needed all that with that dress. That's the way it looked. It, I didn't want it to droop. I wanted this collar to be stiff looking. What did you use for interfacing? Um, I believe at the time I used like a cotton. Just a, just a fabric. I, I, I think um, I'm, I'm thinking like what we used to call a broadcloth. So you didn't. I did not know about cotton organdy yet no but you didn't use an interfacing product i guess uh, uh, i had uh, used them before that yeah but not okay i can remember using them and i can remember them peeling off now they're probably much improved compared to what they were then yeah but i remember early on being very very um dissatisfied i also remember making a white blouse one time and the glue turned yellow oh gosh and you could see it yeah, and this was really a blouse that I really wound up liking. Yeah. You know, and the collar, I I don't think anybody else, maybe nobody else could see it. I tried to wear it a couple times, you know, and then I would, I think I wound up dyeing it or something. Yeah. Because you could see that um, I just didn't, it never was right after that because it ruined what I wanted. Well, Do you know what I mean? And then this is where, I mean, we're not trying to say all this to be like clever right. or to, you know, say like, oh, you if you use interfacing, you're wrong. Right. But we've come up against some real problems. Well, I needed Quite that avoidable. interfacing all the way down mm-hmm. the front of that dress, you know, both the right and the left side because it buttoned. It yeah. truly was a functional button uh, thing. and. These were big buttons, and so I needed to hold on the button. I'm, I'm sure I backed the button, too. But um, 
you know, I needed that interface. There was no placket. Yes. It was just folded over. over. I understand, yeah. And I believe that was the first garment where I learned to also put snaps between each button space. Oh, yeah. Because it was gapping on me when I would sit down. Um, I think that there might be a couple of questions regarding just uh, like the the physicality of this or the actual process. You know, you said you cut out your interfacing pieces with your garment pieces, mm-hmm. you know, as often as possible. But when you are going to just interface like an itty bitty bit, like right. a little bit of the V, you know, just that little V part on the neckline, or you said just put interfacing right where you're going to have your buttonhole and your button mm-hmm. on your waistband. Do you finish that raw edge that might not get sewn? Do you do you understand? Well, I don't. On beca- the waistband? Well, I don't because it should be enclosed. It's it going to all ravel. be enclosed. It okay. shouldn't ravel. All right. I have... Now, on that dress, I uh-huh. do not have a serger. I specifically remember putting a tiny hem on the edge yes. of that underneath, you know, between the front folded over. Yes. So, you know, folded back. And I remember putting because it wasn't really enclosed. Uh-huh. Now, what was funny is I never washed that. It was like right. a dry clean coat. Yeah. It probably would have been all coat right. Uh-huh. But um, I do remember putting a tiny hem on, and, and I remember wondering, I hope this doesn't show. You know, and it didn't. But my, my, my wool was heavy enough. So if everything is going to get enclosed, you know, you can just put that on there. Or on right. that V-neck, you know, I bet that V gets sewn, mm-hmm. and then it gets, like, flipped over. Well, and, and if it's a knit, I'm whatever. certainly not going to worry about it. Yes, yeah. you know, you can actually – sometimes you can trim right. that a little bit, you know. Right. So, so if you do have a – you know, an area where it might be seen or something. Right. I, I can't remember a specific example right now, but I just want to say I have sometimes finished that edge of the Oh, no, I have, I've surged some, that edge. Surged, especially surged when it, it or... yes, especially, like I said, when it's not enclosed yes. for some reason. I've also surged it to the edge of, of the, the piece yes. before. So I, yeah. I'm having, I can't remember. I'm but... trying to think too, maybe I would do that. I'm trying to think that maybe I've done that like on a costume piece, yes. especially like a waistband uh-huh. where the finish is going, the, the, if right. you, because I'm not going to worry about turning that under and making it pretty this is you know i made 44 skirts or whatever so you're just top stitching and there's a surged edge yeah it's kind of a surged edge left and i've surged those together on the morris blazer when you put the lapel on Mm -hmm. okay you're supposed to finish the raw edge of the The interface Uh pattern piece Mm -hmm. and so of course right my cotton organdy is just there with my piece and it gets surged and top stitched at the same time so if you didn't have a serger Uh you know you're gonna have to do something like um straight stitch it together or um yeah and and then zigzag or something so just in case anyone has a question about like that practical aspect of it you know you uh just think about will it be seen will it ravel Mm -hmm. is it enclosed da 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 and like i said I'm not. I don't want to say you can use almost any woven because, of course, there's a broad spectrum of wovens. Right. But sometimes uh, quilting cotton, or we had what? What was that bolt of fabric we had around that was some like highly starched cotton? It was like a floral. Oh, that was a damask, a cotton damask. No, was that that's not what I'm about? talking about. No, it was like it's a quilting a cotton, and it was really um, stiff. I think it's in my Morris blazer. <laughs> was it? Was it that calico print? Yes. Thing? Yes. Oh, yeah. I 
don't know what that was. What is was. that? It was miracle cool fabric. Yeah. It's so ugly, but you it's know, worked it great. It really for was. Interfacing. That's why we used it for interfacing because <laughs> yeah, it was kind right. of, we thought it was ugly. Uh, also, you mentioned, I said maybe we shouldn't talk about this in this podcast, and now I'm bringing it up. You said, oh, should we talk about interfacing with bags? Right. And things Accessories. like that. Accessories. Things like that. The one thing I want to bring up that I've learned is often when making a bag, if I use, and we've mentioned this before. We have. I think I, I use, know where you're going. Yeah, if I use a heavier fabric like denim or something, I don't need to or interface. Home deck. Yeah, home deck. Oh, mm-hmm. that's where we did it in the zigzagger broadcast uh-huh. in accessory month. Okay, so if I use a denim to make a bag, oftentimes I feel I don't have to interface. Right. I think when you make a garment, use interfacing. By that, I would be using a cotton organdy or something mm-hmm. like that. That's what I mean. Like, I tried to make a couple of things, garments, let's uh-huh. say like the Morris blazer, out of a denim uh-huh. and not interface. Uh-huh. And it just, it's not that it broke down or got real soft. It just didn't hold quite the same didn't shape. didn't give you the shape. The right. shape. It was, it was the look well, more than anything. And I here's another thing that I think people might come across is that you have like a button placket. Mm-hmm. And when you add the interfacing to the button placket, it becomes too thick. Oh, so so now great. all of a sudden you have all these different layers, right? Yes. That you're going to top stitch through, say, or something. So the, on that instance, I may just cut a strip of cotton organdy and put it down the middle of my placket. And this is where I would use the spray adhesive probably. Yeah, so, so that I know that my buttonhole gets, get you know, winds up laying on that interfacing, but it winds up not being in my seam. So if you're worried about bulk in your seam, sometimes you'll have to think about cutting inside of your um, seam lines yes. or your top stitch lines. I had um, the button placket on my sheer shirt dress. Yes. So it ended up being some more layers because I had to line it actually like so I had the sheer black right. fabric and then I had black satin. Right. Okay. And then I still felt like I wanted something stiff in there. Uh-huh. So this button placket gets folded over like four, right. you know, kind of into quarters right. almost. So instead of cutting the cotton organdy the full width and folding it into quarters, I think I cut it like about half. Right. So yes, right. so that I, you didn't have so many foldovers, so that's to a, speak. That's a great point. Right. Right. Um, for that, and that's kind of how we make purse straps, right? Right. Right. Which that video is on YouTube. So right. Sam linked to the perfect purse strap video where we, you know, put batting in a quarter right. of a strap or something like that. So, so it's so, only half the width of your original strip that you cut, so to speak. Yeah. So I've skipped. So like I said, I I've skipped interfacing in bags and felt fine. Right. When I use a really a, a fabric with right. a lot of body, but even if you're going to make yourself like a heavy canvas you know something or other and you think oh this canvas is so very um strong or yeah, whatever sturdy whatever it doesn't quite do the same thing and you're wearing it you're not carrying it it's, right it's different than a bag uh, right you, you have to just think of all those things and and you, do you care if the bag is structured or not structured yeah, you won't re- you won't regret putting a layer of cotton organdy into that no. lapel in order to make it stiff. And I've heard some people say, I think the cotton organdy is too stiff for oh my, my gosh. lapel. Um, so I've sewn up some that before. That surprises me, yeah. Yeah, I've sewn up some before and thought, my, this is awful stiff. But then the collar stands up nicely on my 
right. when I'm wearing it. And man, well, if you we've all the and we've the also we've also gotten the pictures and the post of oh look, I used cotton organdy. It was really nice till I washed it. Now look what it looks like. And they have not pressed yeah, it. Yeah, you got You've got to press it. And you probably, you know, you would have to press it no matter what was in it. Right. But because um, right. it, it's going to crinkle, especially if you dry it. It'll All the get, way. Yeah, yeah it'll get you, crinkly. If you put the collared shirt in the dryer, right. like, the whole time, you know, it's not going to be out crinkly, puckery, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think that that explains interfacing, interfacing products, why we don't use right. them. Um yeah, we've got what how old there is a what's interesting is we have a shelf of interfacing. And up there there is some bolts of Pellon something mm-hmm. or other that I think we brought home from those, the shop. Those were used for costumes. Okay, they yep. were used for costumes, but there is some horsehair. There's some horsehair. Fabric. And that was that I mean, we used that in wool suiting. Yes. So it is a bolt of fabric. But it is much, much sturdier than your cotton organ. Yeah. So it's a bolt of fabric, and it says on the end of it, like, fiber content, 100% okay. hair. So what <laughs> what your Pellon interfacing that doesn't have glue on it is really good for is you can cut it up into little squares, and you can use it to remove your fingernail polish because it does <laughs> not have, like, it, like, you know, a cotton ball will have the little, little fibers. And fibers, and it has no fiber. Well, we can say goodbye to a Pellon sponsorship, I guess. Oh, you know? well. Right? <laughs> Pellon makes more than just that. Yes, they do. No, you can cut it up and use it for your fingernails. I'm telling you. There you go. I'm telling you. Uh, so, and up there, too, is like some black mesh fabric. Right. You know, on that shelf. That's so, right. You know, we do mix our interfacings there, but don't don't let your mind or, or your your sewing practice be limited. Right. By and, what you think. And like is. I said, I have I have used so um sewing interfacing or I have I have used interfacing when it has come to some sort of costume and one of the reasons was cost. Yeah. Okay. Because I was making a hundred costumes. Yeah. And it needed to be like this and they were, you know, the costume thing is so hard because you put hours and hours into a costume that gets worn for four minutes. It's a balance. You yeah. know, you went to last, you right. don't want to spend right. too terribly much time so on that. So that that was from costume stock stuff. That is what that was from. Okay. Well, I think that this was a good episode about interface. I hope everyone I, enjoyed it. I hope people like it. I, I it's been I can't tell you. You know, you think it's boring, but a lot of people wanted it. No, a lot of people <laughs> want to know about it. Like I said, I'd rather be sewing sparkly. Okay, everybody. You can find us on Instagram. We're at ZD Sewing Studio. And find us, uh, find our Facebook page, ZD Sewing Studio, and go like it. And you'll be notified when we go live and do fun stuff like that. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 